Simply Abundant, Intuitive Hour. For overthinkers who are finally ready to move from their heads to their hearts for more connected relationships and a fulfilling life. Here's Tracy Crossley. Alrighty, here we are back again. How y'all doing today? I am doing, I'm doing well. Everything is pretty spectacular and I am grateful in this moment to feel that way. How about you? I know you can't answer me right now, but, uh, you know, feel free to email me or message me somewhere on social media somewhere, as in there's plenty of places to find me. So here we are. And what are we going to talk about today? Well, I know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the drama triangle. And that means psst, you're probably on it. Yes, most of us are unconsciously on the drama triangle. Why are we obsessed with reality TV, soap operas, and I don't know, generally watching other people's drama unfold like a fucking train wreck, right? Well, that's because of the drama triangle. It's something I have talked about in I don't know how many podcasts at this point. I talk about it all the time in the work I do. And it's basically that I haven't dedicated a podcast to it. And so this is my podcast that I'm going to explain it more. Yay! So go ahead and buckle up. (laughs) So where the hell did the drama triangle come from? Well, it didn't come from me. Nope, nope, nope. It came from Dr. Stephen Karpman. And you can look him up online. In the early 70s, he developed this concept. And if you look it up, you're going to see like all sorts of different people have played off of the main drama triangle, like coming on with the empowering triangle and, you know, naming the positions on the drama triangle, different positions and blah, blah, blah. But it basically always comes back to the three points, which are the rescuer, the victim, and the persecutor. So what are those? Oh, well, I'm sure you already are thinking in your head, you know what they are, right? So the victim is like, poor me, wah, wah, nobody does anything for me. I'm all alone. And I'm saying, wah, wah. And here, before I continue with that, I'm not making fun of it like you're doing something wrong or bad. Most of us incorporated this shit subconsciously. So we don't even have an awareness that that's what we're actively doing. So anyway, so this is the whole, I'm alone. Nobody cares about me. No one would miss me if I wasn't here. And the position is really inwardly, or I'd say passively controlling. Okay. Not aggressively controlling, passively controlling. What about the rescuer? Well, isn't that a fun one? It's the, guess what? Let me fix everything. I have a lot of fixers that listen. And, and by the way, we switch points on the drama triangle as I've shared in the past. So Anyway, so it's the, let me fix everything. Let me take care of everybody. Let me take care of people who especially don't need it, but I'm going to make sure they need me. And then I'm going to completely neglect my own needs in the process. I'm a codependent. I'm an enabler. I need validation from people that I am fixing. Otherwise, I'm going to turn into the persecutor or victim if you don't give it to me. So the position is pretty much, again, quietly manipulative as well. It's not outwardly aggressive, but then there's the persecutor who is outwardly aggressive, the bully, the one who criticizes and blames outwardly. See, the victim blames also, and so does the rescuer, 
but they're not always so in your face with it. But the persecutor, oh yes, very rigid, excuse me, very rigid because the persecutor is really afraid of becoming the victim, but they do it anyway, but they don't see it. So the position is outwardly controlling. Like when people are like, yeah, I'm a big bitch. Don't fuck with me. Yeah. Okay. So you're the persecutor, but unfortunately your heart on the outside and the inside is mush. Really? And I don't mean mush like all soft and loving. I mean mush like scared. I mean mush like stay the fuck away from me because I have this hard shell for a reason. So the drama triangle really does play out in our relationships. And like I mentioned in the beginning, it's basically something in society. Look everywhere, everywhere. It is everywhere. And it really comes also home to us because it starts in our families where we see these roles and they subconsciously, uh, the characters are, you know, playing their part in them, including you, and you don't even realize it. So again, most people don't stay on one point. We rotate. We usually play all three. It just depends on the situation. Sometimes in one situation, I'm a victim. Another one, I could be a persecutor. Another one, a rescuer. And then there might be a situation where I could be all three. I don't do this shit anymore, by the way. I used to. Oh my God, I used to. I was so invested in it. So anyways, I look at it like this shouldn't be the drama triangle. It should be the victim triangle because to me, all three positions are really victim roles and it's where you're making someone else responsible for your feelings, regardless of the position you take on this triangle. So to me, that is the big definition of victimhood. So the other thing is this is characterized by absolutely no self-awareness because most of us don't have a clue, you know, and, and even as we get a clue, it becomes one of the hardest things to do in the work. When I work with people on this stuff to get that shift to self-responsibility, to self-awareness, to not completely being engulfed in this idea that other people control your emotional state and therefore they need to act or be a certain way. So you're okay. Cause it doesn't work that way, but yet people try and we're pissed when people don't cooperate and we're not looking inside of ourselves. So again, most people don't have a freaking clue. What are some examples about this? Well, just look at the movie climaxes. Oh my God. Look at sad songs and reality TV. There's drama everywhere. It looks like there's the good guy who's the rescuer and he's trying to save the damsel in distress. Who's the victim, but he has to battle the bad guy. Who's the persecutor, right? How many stories revolve around that? Hello. So let's say here's another one. A woman is longing for a man who left her. She's the victim. He's the persecutor. And what does she need him to do to ease her pain? Yes. Yes. She needs someone to rescue her. Namely that guy. He needs to do what she wants him to do to fix the situation. It's such a classic format that I've seen play over and over. And it used to play over and over again in my life. And the reason we get caught up in it, it's because we know it. We live it. So it's entertaining when it's someone else. But when it's our lives, we're constantly at odds with it. And yet we don't know what to do because we've been so conditioned to it since childhood. And we have trouble seeing it any other way. We want to see a winner and a loser, a good guy and a bad guy. And we want to cheer for the rescuer, don't we? Yeah. All right. So 
The opposite, of course, of the drama triangle would be, I don't know, some kind of fucking happiness and empowerment, wouldn't it? But we don't see that as an option because we are constantly looking at someone else to provide us with what is going to make us happy. In fact, most people don't even know what happiness really is. We think when people do stuff for it that that, excuse me, do stuff for us that that's happy, but that has nothing to do with happy. Those are nice, generous things. Thank you very much. But that doesn't make me happy as in at peace, good sense of well-being, all those things, because it's still hanging on someone else. So here's your call to action. Go ahead, get paper and pen, and you can write it on down. When other people are responsible for your feelings and your happiness, they hold you hostage. Manipulating them to get your power back never works. That's a good one, isn't it? All right. So I see this play out so often between my clients and their parents and (laughs) I mean, and everybody else in their lives. So I have a client whose parents have been totally invested in how her life looks to the outside world. Like she has no boundaries with her parents. She's tried. She's got a lot of excuses and stories. It's like she wanted to leave her marriage, but her parents wanted her to stay because divorcing doesn't fit the picture of happiness that they have for her because they see her as a direct reflection of them. So the parents want her to stay in this relationship, basically, because like I said, it validates their parenting. So they don't know how to tell their friends that their kid decides, hey, you know, I'm divorcing. Then it makes them look like they didn't do a good job and that their kid doesn't have their shit, her shit together, right? So the parents are acting as the persecutor. They're shaming their daughter for wanting to leave. They're demanding that she stays married. But they're also victims. I can't believe my child is doing this to me. You know, so they flip to the powerless side. They're in the pushy bully place. And then they go back to the powerless. I can't believe that my child's doing this to me. And then they play the role of rescuer. Okay. And that means, well, maybe I can help you to stay with your husband. I'll pay for counseling. What do you need? What can I do? Yeah. Okay. It's different when your parent is genuinely in your corner. But in this case, no, it's all about how it looks. That was the big overarching theme. Her parents were way concerned with how it looks. So my client has been the victim, feeling helpless and not wanting to lose love or validation from her parents. And so she's worried about not being supported by her parents or the whole thing. So she feels bad. They're so hard on her, making her feel she can't do anything right. But the funny part is, She's also the rescuer saying, don't be mad at me. What else can I do to make it better besides staying, right? And then she's the persecutor because she becomes angry at her parents for making her choose against herself, criticizing their lives and shaming and blaming them. It's pretty fucking ugly, right? But we do this shit all the time. I had another client, makes me think about this guy, you know, who's male and he's a victim because his parents don't approve of his life. His parents always needed to approve of his life. Anytime there was a problem, he's like having his parents take care of it. You know, since he was a kid to adult, like they never wanted him to be disappointed or to go through anything which might make him not look like he was okay. So it's like he needs his parents to be happy, but he gets angry and wants to rebel against them. So he becomes the persecutor. And at the same time, he wants to rescue them from their own disappointment. They have this whole thing about let's each party keep protecting each other from disappointment, you know? So his parents need his life to be perfect. Otherwise, they're going to freak out and want to rescue him. On the other hand, 
So they've been doing, again, they've been doing this since childhood. So they want to change his life until it looks good enough to them. So they feel like he's okay, at least from what it looks like. Again, so there's no personal power in either of these scenarios. No one's taking responsibility for their own lives, not my clients, not their parents. And so it's just a clusterfuck, really, because this is what people do. So what's the happy ending? Well, both clients are now very aware, thank you, working with me. They have no choice but to be aware of what's going on, and they're working through their issues. One is definitely leaving her marriage, and the other one, he's basically started to do things where his parents aren't too happy about it, but he's doing it anyway. And it's not like he's doing it to them. It's that he's living his life. He's an adult, right? So... They have been able to see their roles so clearly on this drama triangle, they've made some big changes, among other things. But when you start pointing this stuff out, you start seeing yourself and you realize, oh my God, this is not a way I want to live, then it's, it's great because you don't have to. So I'm going to give you that call to action again. When other people are responsible for your feelings and your happiness, they hold you hostage. Manipulating them to get your power back never, ever works. Sorry, never works. I added the ever in. (laughs) Why is this important? Most people are so not aware that they're stuck on this drama triangle. And if you're unaware, then you're going to continue to perpetuate this bullshit and you're never going to be happy. If you keep thinking that you need to be looking at other people as the key to your happiness or the cause of your unhappiness... Either way, you're completely without power. You're powerless. So I know what you're thinking. I'm not really all about the drama. If other people would just go along with what I want, everything would be hunky-dory because I know better than they do. Wow, that's something. Yeah, okay, so you can keep avoiding yourself and thinking it's all about other people being the problem, but this is so not the road to happiness. It's pretty impossible. You're going to stay on that triangle forever because... You're not taking any fucking responsibility. You have to if you want happiness. If you don't, then you can keep doing what you're doing. Not a problem. It is not a problem because you will know the lay of the landscape. You won't have to go to the scary unknown and possibly lose people or lose things or not lose anything. Who the hell knows? But the point is when you start getting off this fucking triangle, your life improves immensely. So what are the tips? I got four of them. One, start to notice these patterns in everyday life. Society is a reflection so you can see yourself more clearly. Watch TV shows and see if you can identify the roles and how people switch. Notice how disempowering it is, keeping every single one of them in victimhood. Seriously, I don't watch movies the same way or listen to songs the same way ever since I learned this concept like 10 years ago. Seriously, I I just don't. Two, now turn that awareness on your own life and look at which, where you play each of these roles with your family, your partner, your friends. I guarantee you do it. I totally fucking guarantee you do it. Just look at one, look at your complaints, look at the things coming out of your mouth, look at your feelings. It's all there. So number three, the next time you catch yourself in one of those positions, stop and ask yourself what you're trying to force. Most people don't even know what they're trying to accomplish. We don't. We don't even know what the end result is. We just don't want to feel a certain way. So we're just doing what we think we can because this is what we've always done to get somewhere else. Four, when you see what you're trying to get, take a different action from a place of feeling. 
If you're trying to get someone to do what you want so you feel better, stop trying to get that from them and give it to yourself. This, my friends, is the beginning of empowerment. Okay, I got a recap. Yep, haven't had one of those in a while. So the drama triangle is all around us and we participate without even knowing. Ha <laughs> ha. We don't just play one role. No, we don't. We jump from victim to rescuer to persecutor. All roles are rooted in victimhood and are completely powerless. To get off the drama triangle, you first need to realize you're on it. I'm going to guarantee you're on it. Most people are, like 98% of people, because most of us don't have the self-awareness to have any idea that we're doing it. Instead of blaming others for your unhappiness, ask yourself what you're trying to get. Then give it to yourself. When you stop looking outside yourself, you nudge yourself off the triangle. Empowerment is always about you. What is the call to action again? Alrighty, here we go. Last one. When other people are responsible for your feelings and your happiness, they hold you hostage. Manipulating them to get your power back never works. You have the right to choose whether you're on the drama triangle or not. It's that simple. There are related podcasts, by the way. I also have those. Thank you very much, Shelly. Shelly is the one who organizes this, and I'm so grateful for her. All right, related podcasts. Is there a martyr victim in your life? Journey of attachment being rescued. My way or the highway. Bully and dictator behaviors. So, y'all, thank you for listening. And if you have any questions about the podcast, you can email podcast at tracycrossley.com. And I just might answer it on one of my Facebook lives or somewhere, somehow. But absolutely, please feel free to share. If you got a topic, want to hear about that too. If you want weekly reminders about this wonderful podcast, you can sign up on my website. Or if you want to get some goodies and other stuff, you can sign up for that Excuse me, email list as well on my website. Remember, remember, <laughs> I was going to say two words at once. Remember, empowerment is about choosing you. If you want healthier relationships with the people in your life, make a conscious decision about how you interact with them. You can start now, really. So until next time, folks, I'll be talking to you. Have a good one. Bye-bye. To find out more about Tracy and her podcast, visit tracycrossley.com. That's where you can sign up for her newsletter or a discovery session. The website again is tracycrossley.com.